0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Before we get into the Instant Reaction post-game podcast, I wanted to let you know that support for Armchair comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag. Manscaping accents are finally a thing of the past. And do not use the same trimmer on your face as you do elsewhere. That's nasty. Manscaped also has a crop preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant, and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits? Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off, plus free shipping, with the code armchair at manscaped.com always use the right tools for the job get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair now let's get to the show
2: you are listening to the 23 personnel podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael.
1: Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Keith.
0: How's it going?
1: Hey, Keith, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Post-game instant reaction, we're excusing Michael. I guess he and his family are a little sick. Get better, Michael. Um,
0: That's all kids are really good for. They just make you sick.
1: I know they, they bring stuff home from daycare and then it's just it's game over. Yep. So Texas Tech victorious on the road and and big, really 38-17 against the Mountaineers of West Virginia. Um a little surprised about how the game started. Uh, when Tech rolls off five straight touchdown scoring drives, um holds West Virginia, their only touchdown, well. Their only meaningful touchdown was in the first half. They scored a touchdown there at the end of the game with five seconds to go. Um, Michael not Michael, goodness. Keith. <laughs> I'm probably gonna do that more than once.
0: What that's all right. I'm gonna say the Tigers a few times, I would imagine.
1: <laughs> um w- let's start with the offense. Let's let's look at the how the the game started with the 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 five straight possessions and how how good they looked. Um I don't, I'm don't. i not exactly sure what it was. It, it seemed like as soon as um, Tech had the ball, they, they were able to move it really really well and efficiently. Um, there was a pass that Jet Dovey missed uh, that may have scored the first touchdown of the game when he missed uh, R.J. Turner, kind of wide open in the middle of the field. Um, you weren't so impressed with that first drive, but it seems like no. from then on, uh, the offense was just super efficient. They were able to move the ball convert third downs when they needed to. Um, although it seems like that was, they mainly avoided the third down. They had a, a couple of big plays. What did you see from the offense today that you saw that you think got them rolling early?
0: You know, yeah, and you're right. I was not big on the first one. And any, you know, the four people that pay attention to what I think don't know that I'm not a huge Jet Duffy fan. But um, yeah, he really settled in. He had a, quite a bit of time. I think that was a big one. The line did a pretty good job holding off uh, West Virginia, but they're also a pretty bad pass defense. So uh, it's good to see the Red Raiders get out there and take advantage of them. And, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, his stat line was pretty good. I mean, you couldn't ask for a whole lot more from him. Um, I mean, that would be the big difference for me would be uh, the protection on Duffy. And then also he, uh, the, the Red Raiders did a really good job in the red zone the entire game. I think they were five for six in red zone tries throughout. So you can't compare, you can't complain about that at all. Uh, But really it it was also a tale of two halves and that you could have, the first half was really the story of the game. And then tech just kind of coasted from there.
1: Yeah. So jet Duffy, uh, just some of the points you touched on, finished the game 24 for 34, 354 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, um, and you're right, Texas Tech was five for six in red zone attempts, conversions. Um, yeah, like 35 of the team's 38 points were scored in the first half. Um, there was one drive there to end, end of the first half where they they broke the streak after the five scoring drives. Um, and then they had one more before halftime where they were just trying to run out the clock. But from then, it just seems like they, they kind of broke their momentum and then they weren't necessarily pushing so hard. Right. Uh, the, the drives from after the touchdown were you had three punts, then a turnover run down, then a punt, and, these court, and you, you connected on a field goal there at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and then you only had the ball two more times in the quarter. You had a punt, and then uh, you ended the game. Um, do you think there was something specific? Was, was there a a, a – a change from the West Virginia defense that, that caused the, the offense to slow down or was this a Wells and Yost thing? I
0: don't know. I would, I would definitely think there has to be an adjustment there. I mean, you saw the Red Raiders going downfield, which even the play-by-play crew was saying, you know, or I think it was the sideline guy at one point said, this was normally a team that will screen you to death. And I think you and that one is us because they screen us to death and it drives many of us crazy. But they went downfield a lot and then there was some – adjustments, I would assume, made in their secondary. I think the break of the streak, in my mind, too, Duffy had nine completions in a row at one point, Mm -hmm. and then that kind of broke up, and I don't know if he lost a little bit of rhythm or what. Uh, But then the running game, it wasn't world-beater by any means, but uh, it was looking pretty good on the day for the Red Raiders as well. And the attempts went down in the second half uh, almost by half, but the yardage stayed about the same across the two halves, and they finished with 127 on the day. So if you compare it, I don't know about as far as breaking that streak, but if you look to other games, the rushing attack and the passing attack, while not balanced, were both you know finding some success. And it's certainly success you want. I mean, success on the road is, is always great in the Big 12, but this is a team that you absolutely should be beating wherever you play them. And so it's nice to see them out and, and finding some confidence in doing what they need to be doing, especially on a day where you don't have T.J. Vasher at all and Dalton Rigdon steps in from a yardage standpoint and, and uh, leads the team. We had an 81-yard long, ended up with 106 on the day on just three receptions.
1: Yeah, so I'm trying to figure out which one of those points I wanted to touch on first. Um, let's, <laughs> let's talk about the rushing. You, you mentioned there was a drop in in attempts in the second half. It went from 26 rushes to only 16 your average, though, went up. You you were only averaging 2.5 2. yards per carry in the first half, which felt strange because there wasn't ever a time in the first half where I felt like you you weren't all that successful and that you should have moved away from the run. Um,
0: I'm glad they didn't. I think there was a couple times you did get stuffed, and they hung with it. And then you found a little bit of success when you needed it. And credit yeah. to Tejon Henry for being the guy, especially early. Yeah, for sure. It,
1: only rushing for two and a half yards per carry. It didn't feel like you needed to move away from the run or that you did. In the second half, uh, you ran the ball 16 times for 3.8 yards per carry. So you, you, um, you picked up 127 yards on the ground. Tajon Henry, obviously got the majority of those. He had 67 yards on 22 carries. So Roger Thompson looked like he was doing pretty well until I guess it was on a swing pass. He got rolled up on his ankle. Uh, and then he was out for the rest of the game um, there early in the, Third quarter, I believe it was. Um, Sounds right. He had eleven carries for twenty-seven yards. Jet Duffy had eight carries for thirty-four yards. Um, Jacks Welsh got in the game. He didn't. He didn't lodge a carry or record a carry. Um, the it, it just felt overall um, the offense w- was efficient. There were a couple of big plays. The Passing game was finding most of its success over the middle, and I think that's something we've been kind of calling for for several weeks. Right. I think this defense was weakest over the middle. Um, we saw Dalton Rigdon's big play was over the middle. The tight ends were having success. The outside receivers, when they're coming into the middle, it's where they're catching all their balls. Um, it just felt like anytime you were you were moving the ball down the field, at least through the air, you were taking advantage of the middle of their secondary because it was just... Feast or famine, it seems like they were, you know, either they were able to to, to keep you in front of them or, um, you know, and and stop you for a short gain or you got behind them and you were breaking big, long passes and then you obviously had that 181-yard catch and run to Dalton Rigdon. As a true football fan, you already know, just as sure as the seasons change, Tom Brady would keep the Patriots in the game. Every weekend, our favorite gridiron warriors put their skills to the test, so why aren't you doing the same? We're almost halfway through the NFL season, so now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with MyBookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at MyBookie. Best part is, if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's right, if you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit. You can use in all your favorite picks. Use promo code Chair to activate the offer. That's promo code Chair to double your cash. Visit mybooking.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Now on the defensive side for Texas Tech, obviously uh, Jordan Brooks had another great game. Uh, he added two and a half tackles for loss to his season total. He had a um, he was involved in a forced fumble. I don't think he got credit for, I think Rico Jeffers did, Uh, but he recovered the fumble and returned it. Um, finished the day with 11 total tackles. And then, um, Douglas Coleman had another interception on the day as did DeMarcus Fields very quietly though. I think West Virginia was able to amass a lot of yards they finished the day with 549 yards, 498 through the air. Um, 500 yards through the air, probably because they only put up 10 points doing it, felt fairly um, insignificant. Um, the You were able to stop them on the ground fairly well. They finished with 51 yards on oh, 18 carries, uh, good for only 2.8 yards per rush. That's a little bit lower than what their season was averaging. Um, so you, you felt like even though they were able to pick up a bunch of yards through the air, um, because you're keeping them from scoring and because of all the drives you were able to stop on fourth down turnovers or turnover on downs and a couple of the actual turnovers, um, that you were, you were okay with them throwing the ball as much as they did uh, as long as you kept them from scoring. Keith, what did you see from the defense today that kept the, the scoring down? For the Mountaineers.
0: Well, the the interceptions were both big ones. I mean, that's and they always are. But uh, Coleman, of course, getting that one. I mean, it was a bit of a lucky one. It was kind of off of a really barely tipped missed ball uh, over the middle. But you have to give the guy credit and the defensive scheme for he's just always in the right place. And I think that's a big part of, of getting good turnovers, and that, is, that has to go back to coaching. But, uh, and then Fields was an interception in the end zone, if I recall. So yeah. that's always a big one. I mean, you're saving uh, whatever you know is coming next or could have happened in the moment as far as stopping that scoring drive. But you, you can't complain at all about having a linebacker that's leading you the way Jordan Brooks is. And when you look over at the West Virginia side, both of their leading tacklers with 13 and 6 were both safeties. And so anytime time, you know, safety's there in that kind of position to do some of that, but when your secondary's leading you in tackles, then it certainly indicates that Tech's moving the ball down the field. And, I mean, if there was any welcome change on the day, that was it. And when your offense is finding that kind of success, you certainly feel like the defense is going to feed off some of the energy. But on the negative side of that, Tech secondary still got torched a few times by a team that really shouldn't be able to do that, and Austin Kendall – finishes the day with a yard better than Jet Duffy and an average of 8.3. Now he throws the two picks, so you certainly like that, but you would love it if Tech in the secondary could lock him down a little bit better because you just had guys getting behind you, uh, especially in the first half way more than you want.
1: And I, I hate to pick on the guy, but it seems like they were going after DeMarcus Fields a lot today. Right. They were able to get behind him fairly fairly frequently. Um, but yeah, just really quickly going back to their, their defense – you pointed out their top two tacklers were, were safeties. The guys I was most concerned with were uh, Dylan Tonkri, uh the, the linebacker. He finished with four. And then the two um, brothers on the defensive line, Darius and um, Dante stills. Uh, Darius had three tackles. Dante stills had two. Neither one of them had a sack where last week they combined for five. Um, that was a key to the game that I talked with, with bro and Carson this morning was that their defense was able to be disruptive last week against Baylor. They were able to get pressure. um, But Carson pointed out that just with the quick nature of the passing game with Yost, that the ball isn't in Duffy's hands for very long. They weren't able to get a lot of pressure on him. Um, They did not register a sack on the day. Um, And then he was, like we said earlier, fairly efficient. Uh, through the air and um, and picked up a few yards on the ground. Defensively for you, for Texas Tech, the um, Sam James, a receiver for West Virginia, picking up 223 yards is kind of frustrating. Uh, I, I mentioned it in the slack shot he had 14 catches for 200 yards, and it didn't. It felt like a very quiet 200-yard day. Um, yes, he was targeted a bunch they, when they threw the ball more often than not, they are thrown to him. He had 20 targets, 14 catches. Uh, nobody else had more than eight targets. Um, and then the next leading receiver, uh, number 15 Campbell, had 95 yards on three catches, and he averaged you know 31 yards a catch, which is not great for this team. But um, because of the, the defensive efficiency and keeping them from scoring, these kind of big days on the offense for West Virginia just kind of falls to the background when – you're only giving up ten points on the day until the very end of the game.
0: Yeah, I didn't even know he had 200 yards until you said that, and I ran over to the stat line. It just wasn't. You're right. It was very quiet. Doesn't feel like it at all. It was also a little odd. I think that they immediately go to to Daigie and then you know throw in another uh, little. or well, they had a, a trick play also, but. You know, Daigie coming in in the second half and there'd been like one guy on the broadcast you could hear chanting for another quarterback <laughs> throughout the game. But I I don't I mean, obviously, they're not bought in on Kendall. They spread the ball around to 11 receivers. Tech got theirs to nine. But, you know, you had McIver and Bowman were both suited out and warming up during the game. And, you know, there was that possibility there. And, and I mean, I'm glad you weren't in the position to have to make those decisions. I think Duffy played fine. And it's good to to have him doing that. And you are you do wonder now what the future holds as far as quarterback for Texas Tech and who's going to get opportunities as you go forward. Because now you've gotten yourself a W and now the conversation gets a little more serious about what you can do the rest of the season and potentially get yourself bowl eligible. But overall, I mean, can't argue with a win on the road and certainly glad to see the different things they did. And you mentioned the sacks. Tech gets two on the day, West Virginia none. And they also did not log... a a quarterback hurry. So no hurries at all. No really very little pressure on Duffy who ends up grabbing eight carries for thirty four yards on his own. So they're mixing it in a little bit, but not using it, you know, too much. And I think that's positive too.
1: Yeah. So I wanted to go back really quickly to what Kyle said in our, our chat about the last time Texas Tech had a win like this, um, not against a Baylor. Sorry, not Baylor. Against Kansas. Um <laughs> It was, or at least on the road, It was the last time the Texas Tech was able to win by this margin was at Kansas State in 2008. Uh, they beat uh, the Wildcats by 30 in Manhattan that year, and they beat uh, this West Virginia team 2012 uh, at home by a large margin. So this is the largest, or it was at least when, when it was a 28-point lead, one of the largest margins of victory you've had versus a Power 5 or a Big 12 opponent in quite some time. Um, not named Kansas, so Western Virginia may be assuming that number ten spot in the in the conference from Kansas, they may be taking their spot from them um, but with with the recent hi- history at least, it feels good to get a win. Uh, you move to four and five on this season with three games to go, and it begs a question like you were saying, um, okay, now that we're getting close to having Bowman ready. How does how does the the, the quarterback play out uh, the rest of the season? Does that change if we lose a game, if we lose two games, you know, if it's if you're at four and seven versus Texas, are you going back to Bowman or are you gonna try out MacGyver? Are you gonna get some more of the um, the guys that are redshirting some sometime? Um, because I think anytime after this, even if you make a bowl game, those that are redshirting can still be eligible to redshirt the 2019 season. Um, so it's just a, a couple of things I mentioned to kind of keep track of the rest of the season to see how playing time kind of breaks down. Um, do you have any, any final thoughts, Keith, for, for we sign off for the day? Well, I think that TCU
0: game at 11 o'clock on the 16th against ESPN or on ESPN two is uh is a lot more interesting now. TCU just lost to Baylor in triple overtime. And now all of a sudden, you're feeling a little more confident. You got a little bit of swagger back. And I think that that becomes a much bigger game than maybe we expected it to be. Uh, TCU down. Their defense has got some struggles going on. They just played the first Big 12 game since 2010 where there were no touchdowns scored in the regular or in in regulation. And they had to go to overtime before you saw a touchdown. So curious to see, you know what's going to happen, and then of course Baylor continues to fall their way into being nine and zero now. So it's nice to have quality or meaningful football that's going to be played. You know, meaningful at least for what Tech could potentially still do this season with three games left, and you need two wins to get bowl eligible. So that's exciting, and you know it's always interesting to have a little bit of a quarterback controversy. But uh, you can't be mad at, at the way Duffy played today, and and then you wonder what somebody else would have done or what it would look like or if you want a guy that hasn't played all season or for quite a while coming in and trying to, to step into an offense that now is behind jet Duffy and playing for him.
1: As one of those things I would point to if that, um, who's going to play quarterback conversation comes up. is like, well, Bowman hasn't played since Arizona and he wasn't looking all that great. Then right. I would say Duffy hasn't played bad enough that you'd want to replace him as soon as somebody else is healthy. Um, I don't think anybody's considering Tyner, but if if they are, I need to point back to his first drive <laughs> against Oklahoma and say we don't want any more of that. And like like you said, with McIver hasn't played at all uh, since late in his senior season. So yeah, it, it, quarterback controversy may be on our hands. Definitely not, not as much as as it will be in West Virginia with how Jarrett Daigie came out and played. Um, Matt Damon look alike, but <laughs> it will be interesting to see. Um, how that plays out of course you get a lot of questions if Duffy does have a bad game now people are going to be able to, to start questioning oh should we play Bowman because up until now or whenever you know Bowman gets released to, or cleared to play medically um, it's been a, a sense that like well you can't play anybody else besides Duffy and luckily he hasn't been really bad where we're just sitting there like we've got nobody better <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's what's Martin what's he up to Right. So Red Raiders win on the road today, thirty-eight seventeen. Um looking to host TCU at home next weekend. Two of your next three two of your final three games of the season are at home. It's TCU this upcoming weekend, then Kansas State, and then you go on the road after Thanksgiving to take on the Longhorns. Um lots of opportunities. You still got plenty of time to get bowl eligible, like you were saying. The season doesn't look as 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 bleak as it did this time last week. With how you performed today, um, you, you may be able to find yourself convincing yourself there are, are two more wins on the on the schedule to get you bowl eligible. If not, basketball season just just tipped off. Got a game tonight against Bethune Cookman. Um, lots of excitement with with the the round ball and Chris Beard's group getting started. Keith, I want to thank you for joining us.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. Always a good time.
1: Yep. We look forward to hearing you. You fire up your Dinger Derby podcast once baseball season gets a little bit closer. Uh, for those that you know may not know where to follow you or find you, where can they, they hear you?
0: Oh, well, yeah. You can find uh, the podcast, Dinger Derby. It's solely based on, on uh, Texas Tech baseball. You can find it on any of your podcasts podcast services have been pretty quiet since the college world series ended but be doing an episode or two here in the fall just to kind of talk about the red and black series look at the fall reports that have come out from d1 baseball and others and they can find uh, the pod on twitter it's dinger underscore derby and then my twitter is at keith b patrick
1: all right thanks again keith for your time and we will catch you guys later